Hello, everyone. Welcome back to yet another episode of the Alternate Oscars. I am your host, Gabe Warren, and with every episode, I, along with a special guest, will be celebrating and awarding our favorite films of each year, starting in 1928 and going onwards. We'll discuss our, our brief thoughts on each film we nominate on uh, and comment on the actual Oscar year, and some fun details on the ceremony. A few rules we always follow. We'll strictly follow the reminder list of eligible releases. Those can be found on the website and the Oscarbills2.com. The amount of categories will also change and evolve over time. Um, as sort of tie into the academies of uh, as a sort of tie into the academies evolution over time. Today, though, we're going to be returning to the Gene Arthur miniseries. We will be talking about her 1943 seminal classic, The More the Merrier. Joining me today to discuss that film will be Andre Sousa. So welcome to the show, Andre. Hello, Gabe. Thank you for having me here. I'm so excited to talk to you about Gene Arthur and this incredible movie. Um, yeah, I'm excited as well. So um, beforehand, I would like to ask, um, what is your overall, um, like, what was your first experience like watching Gene Arthur or one of her movies? Is this uh, an introduction to you or do you have some knowledge for beforehand? No, it's really my first experience to watch Gene Arthur in a movie. I knew her by name, but I never see her in anything. And when you come to me to watch one of those movies, I was like, why Gene Arthur? And uh, I was looking at the list and then I saw The More the Merrier and I was like, Yes, this has been on my watch list for so many times. Someone said to me that it was a fun movie. It was an Oscar movie. Charles Corbin won an Oscar. So it was on my watch list. And I went with no expectations. But Gene Harden is really a fascinating, act, fascinating actress. But I want to know why Gene Harden? It really just came down to me to find that I wanted something... I wanted some sort of sideshow um, whenever I had a break from the regular episodes. And I just decided that covering some actors, actresses, directors would be a good place to start. And I decided I wanted to learn more about Jane Arthur because she seems like such a fascinating personality. It's a, really a, a great choice. Normally, when someone starts a miniseries, it's about uh, Nicole Kidman, it's about Martin Scorsese, it's about someone that so much counted. It's been made about their thought, filmography. And then you start to talk about Gene Arthur. Gene Arthur is an iconic actress, but not many people know about her. Even me, a cinephile, that's incredible. And I want to congratulate you on that in initiative. And I hope you can do other miniseries about other forgotten actresses. Have you any, do you have any in mind? Could you say that again? Do you have any other actress in mind to do a miniseries like that or, act, or actors? I'm not sure at the moment. Um, but I did, I was thinking of, um, going through, like, the Wachowski's filmography. 
afterwards. Yeah, that's interesting too. I have so many blind spots to watch out. So um, the movie we are talking about today is The More the Murrier. Um, let me just pull up the Wikipedia page. And hope that Wikipedia, okay, Wikipedia is, co is cooperating. So it was directed, produced by George Stevens um, with a screenplay by Richard Lonroy, Louis R. Foster, Frank Ross, and Robert W. Russell. From a story by Frank Ross and Robert W. Russell. Um, technically based on a screenplay called Who's a Crowd by Garth McKinnon, but um, he's not credited in the writing credits. And aside from Gene Arthur, it stars Joel McCree and Charles Coburn and basically focuses on those that three as a trio throughout the movie. First off, I want to just um, talk about the incredible posters. Like, I, I can't show you them um, in this. Um, off the, I can't show people the posters through this podcast, but I do recommend you go see them because they're quite something. Um, the one I'm looking at right now Shows Gene Arthur in a bathing suit, uh, I think on a bed, while Joel McCree and Charles Coburn are hung up on a rack. And the tagline is, home is where you hang your guests. <laughs> I'm looking at that right now, too. It's pretty funny. So, the premise of the movie is that it takes place during World War II, and there's a severe housing shortage everywhere, especially in Washington, D.C., where Connie Milligan rents an apartment. Out of a sense of patriotism, Connie offers to sublet half of her apartment. Um, she expects to find... She expects it to be a female tenant, but she instead ends up with um, an eccentric middle-aged man, Benjamin Dingle. This might answer your question. Canadian Squires were founded 58 years One ago second. in 1960. Um, sorry, that was just my... Um, just by device. I'm not going to say the name because I don't want to like activate her again. Um, so Dingle talks her into subletting to him and then probably sublets half his half to young, much older, young, a reverent man named Joe Carter, creating a situation tailor made for comedy and romance. And that is basically what this movie is. Just it's we get to watch these. 
the three really great actors like bounce off each other. Um, specifically, I want to ask you, um, what do you think of Gene Autry's performance in particular? Gene Autry gives such a wide-earning performance. She has that magnetic, charismatic presence. There's a fire in her eyes. She can do a lot with just her face. It's a very charming performance. Uh, she can do comedy. She can do the most vulnerable moments of her, or her character. So it's really a very good performance, I would say. Yeah, I would absolutely agree. Um, what I might be most impressed about her performance, uh, by about her performance is what she can do with her face. Just the multitude of expressions that she can manage. Excuse me. And without like going too broad, that's one thing that I admire so much about her is how real she comes across in all of her movies. Which isn't always an easy task considering like uh, just considering like the time period this is uh, this movie is in and the overall filmmaking era didn't always emphasize realism in the mainstream sense as you might think. Gene Arthur really gives that realism. It's a, a performance very grounded. It's not that broad. The character is not that much complicated, but it's a very uh, progressive take in a woman, I would say. There's still some stuff about marriage. There's still some stuff about uh, home, uh, uh, home caring and whatever, but She's very, very, she has agency in her story. And it's, and, and she really nails it with the, the chemistry with Charles Corbett and the other guy. John McCree. John McCree. John McCree. <laughs> yeah. Um, Another aspect I liked about this movie is sort of an element of surprise and how you're, so, you're more or less set up to expect this one thing um, before you see the actual um, housemates that she, gets, that she eventually gets. Um, And I do think this movie does manage oh well its commentary um about how hard it has become for the average American to find an apartment or just a just a place to live during times of strife like war and 
it's sort of fascinating to watch this with modern day eyes in 2022 when it's more expensive than ever to just rent an apartment and Airbnb has overtaken hotels and apartments. And seeing how this was just as much a problem in 1943 as it has ever been. And it's probably only, it's only gotten worse since then. Yes, there's a sense of uh, pertinence and the modernity in the message of the movie and makes you think things not, didn't get that much better in that department of the house. For sure. Um, so Connie's two apartment mates um, are Joe Carter, played by Joel McCree, and Benjamin Dinkle, played by Charles Coburn. What did you think of their performances um, and their characters and how they interacted with um, Jean Arthur and her character? I would say McCree is a bit scared. I didn't buy the whole charming guy, the whole, oh, everyone is going to melt for this guy. There's a scene at the ball, I don't know, a, a party with a lot of girls, and she she went, she all goes, oh, my God. They all goes, oh, my God. And I, I was like, he's not that beautiful. He's not that charming. He's a normal guy. I don't see it. Jean Arthur tries to have some chemistry with him. The romantic chemistry really didn't get me. They have a very uh, sexy scene. That's a really sexy scene that really works because of the way that they filmed that scene. And not that much for McCree. Jean Arthur does the heavy lifting in that scene. Uh, Charles Corbin, he won the, the Oscar. I really don't know if it's that much of a case for that. I like to see more comedic performance winning awards and getting accolades. And he's really doing something fun. He's a very charismatic presence. There's some stuff about his character that are not great. But he's such warming. I really like you to see him in the... I like more of the movie in which when it's about them, when it's about Charles Coburn and Gene Arthur trying to work out the stuff. There's a really fun scene with the schedules in the beginning that it's visual humor at its best. It's amazing. It The movie really lose me a little when it's about the romance. That It's the most predictable thing of the movie. You are really, you really know that it's gonna go that way. But with Corbin, there's freshness, there's humor, there's a bit satire with the way that he thinks. I really like his performance. I don't know who lost to him if there's any great performance or any great performance that he defeated by his sweet and fun role. But it's a good performance. Yeah.
Um, I think they're both. Um, was Joel McCree? I just think there's something just so. There's no better word but charming to describe this guy because he just carries that every man charm so well. And I, I didn't see. He just seems so down to earth and likable and and you can see why he would be easy company to have. Even for the the most antisocial um of people. Not that I'm one of those people. I'm just saying. But yeah, um, and as for Charles Coburn as Benjamin Dingle, um, I think he's just a delight. He, it might, it might just be like an exemplification of the Charles Coburn persona that we know, um, Throughout uh, that he played throughout his career. Is it like I really the sort don't of... know much about him? I, I think I never saw him in a movie. That's my thing. Uh, That's why he's so fresh for me. Yeah, um, well, I would recommend that um, you see more of your films because it might give you more um, of an introduction, more, more of an insight into the acting styles. But yeah. Um, so can I say something? Yeah, I was yeah, yeah. About, I was talking about... Uh, I didn't know who Charles Carver defeated with his performance. I didn't know if he defeated a great performance or a great performance. And I just found out that Claude Rains from Casablanca was in that category. And I can't, st- I can't stand behind this room. What Claude Rains does in Casablanca, it's one of my favorite performances from that uh, movie that I've seen. And Whoa, it's really special, it's really amazing. Uh, Shot is sweet, but all range is impeccable. I do struggle between the two of them deciding my reward, but I wouldn't complain. It would obviously be a deserved win if Claude Rains won. And he deserved to win at some point. Um, he should have won for Notorious. Um, honestly, I think I'd give him a win for all of his nominations except for Mr. Skeffington. Um, because I think he had like four nominations for Notorious, Mr. Skeffington. 
Um, Casablanca, and Mr. Smith goes to Washington. So, I have a, a question for you. Who do you think would serve the Joel McRae character in the nowadays? If they would make this movie, who would you cast as Joel McRae? Do you have oh. an answer? Every man charm that someone that needs to sell that. I thought about uh, Nicholas Holt, maybe. Honestly, I'm trying to think. Um, sorry, I, I'm just trying to. Who could play? Every man, every man actor. Um, I don't know. He he might be considered too. No, not too handsome because Joel McRae was handsome. Maybe Jake Gyllenhaal. Yes, that that's a good answer. I thought about Nicholas Holt. I thought about Dev Patel, Domino Gleeson. Someone on that vein. Yeah, yeah, they would all be good choices. Even a weirdo like even Peter, I could still work in that role. It's uh, it's interesting. I love to look at old movies and try to make a a, a cast nowadays. Yeah, uh, I that's, that's always guys. fun. They are gonna do a, a Guys and Dolls remake, and I watched that movie, and I start to think about a cast. I watch some like it all and I have a fun cast. I really love to watch movies, old movies and think of counterpart. And I have a funny, funny, I don't know if that's the word. I have an interesting, interesting counterpart to Gene Arthur. Who do you cast in the Gene Arthur role? Because I have a name. Maybe Rachel McAdams is the first good, first actress that comes to mind for me. Um, I have a lot of blind spots when it comes to modern cinema, so I would so maybe I'm not best person to answer this. We are the the opposite because you seem to know a lot about the the classic old cinema, and I'm I have a a lot of blind spots in that era, and now you have some blind spots in in the modern era. I thought about Tessa Thompson. I really think Tessa Thompson has that classic aura around her. She's really magnetic. She's a movie star. And she 
really carries a lot with her face. I don't know if you ever saw Passing. Yeah, or, that's an incredible movie. Tessa Thompson is a great suggestion. And you watch Sylvia's Love, that's a very whatever movie that she really carries away with her movie star charisma, with her presence. I really love Tessa Thompson. She's one of our best actors that nobody seems to care about. Nobody seems to cast her in big movies. Not Marvel movies, big director movies. Big yeah. roles. We need more Tessa Thompson. And I was watching Gene Arton and I was thinking Tessa Thompson really would fit better. And so it's pretty interesting to to see these counterparts, this comparison between, between actors that are not that obvious. Uh, for the Charles Corbin role, I thought about John Goodman. I, I thought it was a, a fun idea. Yeah. Um, I know he's not around anymore. I know he, he's not with us anymore, but I, I would have, I would like to have seen what Philip, what someone like Philip Seymour Hoffman could have done with the Benjamin Dingle role. That's that's amazing. Uh, soon also, you said I was thinking Alfred Oh, that, that's good. That's good. Soon you said he's not with us anymore. I knew you were talking about Simpson One of the best actors that we ever had. He's my favorite actor. I teared up so just thinking about him or seeing him in a scene. She's really, he's really amazing. And he would kill that role. He would kill almost every role. So, yes, that, that's really great. That's really great. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, as we're sort of wrapping up, because I have a time limit on these meetings since I don't have pro. Um, I, um, let's just jump straight into um, the Oscar nominations. So it was nominated for Best Picture, Best Director for George Stevens, Best Actress for Jane Arthur, Best Supporting Actor for Charles Colburn, Best Screenplay, um, and Best Motion Picture Story. It won for Best Supporting Actor for Charles Colburn. Um... Did it deserve any other awards? Do you think it was rewarded as it should be? Do you think it deserved any more nominations? I really think the Gene Arthur nom, the Charles Coburn nom, I didn't watch the other nominees besides Casablanca a lot of times ago, but that's good. There are, these are good nominations, deserved nominations. The screenplay one, I really don't know. The screenplay, the, the text is a little iffy. It really works in a visual media. I don't know if the the lines are that good or, or whatever. The John McCarina didn't get nominated. Nice. I, I really stand by that. Uh, best picture. This was a year of 10. 
this is what this was a, a year of 10 so i can see it i didn't think it was a very perfect movie or an amazing movie or whatever some someday i will watch more uh, movies from that year and that I will, and I will maybe have a, a more uh, interesting answer for you. The director, Norm, it's a bit strange, I would say. But Stevens really knows how to direct comedy. So that's a good nomination, maybe. It's not the most flashy work, but there's some something there. So... That's what I think about these norms. I don't think I missed any any one of them. Um, I think I would give it an actor nomination for Joel McCree. Um, <laughs> and also, also, I don't think he's the lead. I, I wouldn't count him as a lead. <laughs> also, I'd give it a film and a nomination. Um. I think from the um, lineup Gene Arthur was in, she probably should have won. You lost to uh, Jennifer Jones for the song of Bernadette. I know that's uh, not a beloved winner. Yeah. Um. Absolutely. Um. And I'm just uh, pulling up the 16th Oscars to see the motion picture story category. Um. And. I probably would give it best motion picture story as well. That's well, actually no, because Shadow of Doubt is there. Um. Yeah. Um. I do think it was well um, rewarded. Kind of movies that they that they don't award it anymore. I don't think if the more the merit was a movie from today, it would get that many nominations. It wouldn't be seen as a serious contender against very important political movies from Martin Scorsese, Steven Spielberg, and whatever. So it's really refreshing to see some of the old nominations. There's really amazing wins that I will always think about, like Kevin Klein winning for a fish called Wanda. I don't think that would happen today. There's the Marisa Tomei that everyone loves. There's a lot of really interesting wins, interesting nominations for comedy movies that doesn't happen today. And that's a really fun thing for watching a movie like this, being that nominated
Yeah, for sure. So, um, do you have any final thoughts on this movie? It's a fun movie. It works more than when it's about uh, people trying to live with each other, and not that much when it's a romance with and with a love story. There's really fun gags, visual stuff. There's some. There's a fun performance from Charles Cohen and a really charismatic leading one from Gene Arthur. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, thank you, Andre, for appearing to agree on this podcast. It was kind of a short episode, but it was fun, and I'm glad we got to do this. I'm glad to get. Thank you for the invite. I hope to come back when there's. So, um, how can we find you on social media and such? Um, I can't hear you. I can't hear you. Can you hear me? Yes. Make it quick because yes. you have less than one minute. Sorry. I don't know if you have many Portuguese speakers listen to your show, but I have a channel. I have a podcast. My name is Andres Souza. You can find me on uh, uh, Twitter, on Instagram, and on YouTube in the channel Disquets e Clockens. All right. Thank you for the. You too. See you next time. You can find me on Twitter at Gabe the Joker. You can find the Alternate Oscars Twitter account at Alternate Oscars. I also have a Patreon account for this podcast. Um, should be easy enough to find. Just Alternate Oscars at Patreon. Um, I'll link the. Um, I'll send a link in the description below. Um, I'm also on Instagram at my name Gabe Warren and. Be sure to rate and review this podcast for visibility's sake. I also write reviews for Keith Love's movies, and I'm thinking of some right now, so stay tuned for that. And also, also, um, yeah, just rate and review this podcast for visibility's sake. Subscribe to your preferred choice of server, and until the next episode, sit back and relax, cheers and enjoy, and thank you for listening to the Alternate Oscars. Mm-hmm.